You're listening to the NYY Sports Talk podcast hosted by Christian and Chris. Head to nyysportstalk.com to subscribe to the show and check out the fan shop so you can swag up on great NYYST apparel. Stay on top of all the latest with the New York Yankees, including breaking news, in-game updates, and incredible fan giveaways by following on Twitter at NYY Sports Talk. It's now time to talk Yankees baseball. Welcome back. This is episode 38 of the NYY Sports Talk podcast presented by BrandonRendiniFitness.com. I'm your host, Christian. Find me on Twitter at Christian underscore NYYST. As always, joined by my co-host, Chris. What up? And Stack Guy Rye. Yo. What's up, fellas? Nothing good. Oh, this weather has been atrocious. Canceled again. We're recording Sunday at 11.30 a.m. We just got word that Game 1 has been canceled, and I don't think we should be too optimistic that Game 2 is going to be played either, from what we've been hearing. They got rained out Saturday, then they they said they were going to have a doubleheader on Sunday, even though... Most people knew that was impossible on Saturday. We just got word that game one has been postponed. Why didn't they just kind of? Why didn't they just plan for this at this point? Why sit here and tell us we're going to have a doubleheader today? Because I think they were. What are you going to do? Optimistic? Not, they uh, thought they were going to get it in. They're going to be. They're calling for a hurricane for the next two days in Detroit. They're going to be at the ballpark, so I guess they figured, why not schedule the games? Yeah, up until 6 p.m. in Detroit tonight, it's a 100% chance of rain. By 8 p.m., it's 80%. But it's it's at 70% 9 p.m., so I mean... I think they're going to... If they play tonight, it's going to be late. I don't think it's going to be at 7. But that, how's that... F- honest? Look, <coughs> I don't want to sound like a homer here. and Like, oh, that's not fair. But how's that fair to the Yankees to play a game at 10 p.m.? How's, when it, the- how's it fair to the Tigers? But the Yankees There's, are traveling. I know that. Are the but Tigers how's it fair traveling to too? T- it doesn't matter. How's it fair it's to either li- team to play a game that late in the rain in thirty? It's degrees? not, but it's, it's not. a little different when you're not no, traveling. I know. When you're traveling, it sucks. It's worse. It's, but regard, I mean, regardless, they got to play. It's they got to get this game in, and it's not fair to us, the fans. <laughs> I'm sure to, that's to exactly. Have to go another day without baseball. I'm sure that's exactly what they're concerned with. Even though it's felt kind of good, I. I haven't felt like I was going to have a heart attack for the last 24 hours. Yankees go back home tomorrow, and Detroit's off. Oh, so Detroit has nowhere to go oh, so tomorrow. They'll, they'll start this game at 11 if they have to. Yeah. You know, another thing, again, we're, we're recording 11.30 on Sunday morning, so by the time you hear this, we'll have all the answers to this. Uh, another thing to look into why this game might get canceled is, I think Detroit wants to lose the Yankee gate? What, what do you gate. mean? The gate, the attendance of oh yeah, of you, how many people do you think are going to show up at ten o'clock at night when, especially on a Sunday night when people are going to work tomorrow? How many? So you think Detroit wants to lose that? The Yankees are only. I'm pretty sure they're only in there once this year. Can we talk about something real quick before we get into good stuff? The Marlins attendance. I sent you that. Oh that, my that inf- god! Their double A team outdrew the major league team Jesus. earlier in the week. How I, bad is that? Has that that's probably never happened before. Uh, Jesus, what are they going to do? How do you sustain yourself? That would have been a nice segue to later on in the show when we bring up the Marlins since they're the Yankees' next opponent. But you know, way to shoot your load early, buddy. Whatever, you know, I'm good at that. <laughs> 
so quick uh, recap: Yankees won uh, Friday <laughs> night. They needed that victory in the worst way. Yeah, it almost ended in the worst way. But you know, you got you know Dylan Batances is out there doing Dylan Batances things. Well, you know what? Someone started complaining, like. You know, I, I I tweeted that the game was over, they won, much needed win, blah, 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 and someone tweets back, like, you know, it was too close for comfort, even in wins, this team, and I say, you know what, a win's a win right now. We have a struggling Yankee team that is still finding ways to win as many games as they're losing, so we need to take each win and suck it up, no matter how bad it's been, and go with it until this team finds its groove. So uh, I know it wasn't the prettiest win, but a win is a win right now. Yeah, I, you know, but it's concerning that Batances is now, he's getting hit hard. Last year it was like, yeah, but when he finds, when he gets his stuff over to play, he's unhittable. He got rocked on Friday night. I said it. I said why. Last year, this guy couldn't throw strikes. So, yeah, he didn't get hit hard, but he walked in runs every game he pitched. Now... What's been pushed to him since the end of last year? You got to start throwing strikes. This guy's coming out and he's throwing strikes, but they're too good. He's throwing too good of fastballs right down the plate, and he's getting beat. His curveball's still the I'm, filthiest in baseball, but his fastball's getting beat. Bad. Here's his home runs allowed total since 2014 each year. Four, six, five. Last year he had gave up three. This year... In six and two-thirds innings, he's already given up three home runs. There you go. Because he's throwing fastballs. He's throwing fastballs for strikes. He's trying to get ahead ahead in counts. And guess what? They're jumping on him. Look, Batances has got a good fastball, 98 miles an hour. It's not a bad fastball. But it's not a great one because it's pretty straight. Most when he it's got doesn't have a lot of, like, Chad Green with 95 does more than guys that throw 98 because it moves more. All right, so... But you have to understand something. But he was getting outs with his fastball because guys were afraid of his curveball. Can I tell you the reason why Chad Green's fastball doesn't get hit the way Batances' fastball does? Chad Green uses his fastball as a strikeout pitch. Batances doesn't. Batances' strikeout pitch is his curveball. And if he can't get ahead in the count with his fastball, that curveball means nothing. Chad Green is the opposite. Chad Green uses that 98-mile-per-hour fastball to, to buzz someone's chin, and they swing under it. But Tancis uses that fastball to get ahead in the count. But he's he's been too good with it. He's not painting the corners because he's scared to fall behind in counts and walk guys again. So he's using that fastball too good. It's It's too good. It's too hittable to where these guys, he only has two pitches that he really uses. These guys aren't going to swing at a curveball when they know a fastball is coming for him to get ahead in the count. His curveball is still unhittable. It's you unhittable. Saw it, you it's saw unhittable. it on Friday night. It, it is unhittable. It is it is top three best curveballs in the American How many stri- Did he rack up two or three strikeouts on Friday? At least two of them. Had, I think he had three. And two, I know two of them were definitely on the curveball. That seems to be his, his M.O. this year. Give up a couple runs, but strike out the side. But you saw that Boone was saving him 48th inning because he brought in Robertson to get out of the mess in the seventh. Well, you know, Batances has been pretty good his last few times out. So they're trying to work off that confidence. All right, so now in a save situation, now, boom, he's you can't. Down. He's it, was, down. it really wasn't a save. He made it a save situation, but still the game wasn't out of reach. 
and he made the Yankees sweat. So you can't trust him in that spot now. No, no, he he knocked himself back down a couple of pegs. Yeah, it was eight three when he came in the game. It was eight six <laughs> by the time he. Yeah, left and it. the Yankees did what you like to see a team do: is they were up what was it six to one. Then Detroit came back, they scored a few runs, made it close, and then the Yankees went out and immediately put two back two on back. the board. Because it was so you, six six one, then six three, then eight three. So you like to see that. You you like to see a team after a team scores a few on you to put a little bit of yes. distance. You like to see that. But then, you know, Batances goes out there and makes it a nail biter. Mm-hmm. You can't you know, so it wears on these guys. When when you keep having games like that where you just can't put a team away. It wears on your team. I don't care if it's April, May, whatever. So it's, it, you know, it's a lot of high pressure pitches. The fans can't decide right now who they hate more, John Carlos Stanton or Dylan Batances. Right. But last week, you know, I almost gave myself an aneurysm screaming about booing John Carlos Stanton. But thanks to our buddy Katie Sharp, I was able to get his home road splits because I didn't really think he was as bad. As the fans made him out to be. I just thought he had a really bad homestand. Historically bad, mind you. Alright. Uh he in in six games at the stadium this year, one oh seven. One oh seven with um three hits in uh thirty plate appearances and he struck out sixteen times. Atrocious, right? No yes. one's gonna no one's no gonna one's defend that. that. But on the road in eight <laughs> games, a man he's ten for thirty he's ten for thirty one. With seven runs batted in, and he's batting three twenty three. So how bad has Stan really been this year? Not that bad, but you know, at home when you have your the fans who are supposed to be supporting you booing you, I mean, it just doesn't make sense. But that's why I wanted and, I, Ka- and I, I we thank Katie Sharp for getting us those numbers. But that's why I wanted those numbers because I wanted people to see, you know, again, it's a little bit of an overreaction on the fans' part. I kind of laughed because he gets to Fenway after being booed for six games straight or however many games it was. And he gets to Fenway and and the crowd is booing him. And in my head, I'm like, oh, he must feel at home. Isn't that sad? Yeah, in game that one. That a player who has played six frigging games at home is getting booed like he would be on the road? Doesn't that piss you off yeah, in I, some way? We don't have to go down that road again. We Jesus ran, Christ. Ranted about it all last episode. And then I, my buddy from college, I love the kid to death, but I want to have him on the show because he's, he's so out of line on this, telling me we should be able to tell a, tell a uh, player how we feel and he deserves to be booed right now. But I'm not saying he doesn't deserve to have fans rag on him but he doesn't deserve for fans to publicly go out there 40,000 at a time and boo him in his in his home stadium you, he sucks sit on your couch and scream at the TV and tell him he sucks but you don't go to the stadium and boo your own player yeah not in april yeah that's that was my most my point there is that it's it's still early yet he's played 6 games at yankee stadium and then they're telling me he should be benched for the boston series uh, seriously. So then when, when he has like five, six RBIs in the series, I I post back, yeah, he should have been benched. You're right. Oh, well, he only heated up after the game was out of the... I don't give a shit. You thought he should be benched this series. He's this, he's one of the sole reasons why they won that, that second game. It's a nice confidence boost, too, to bench him uh, his first experience right. in the rivalry. Yeah, it's so. a great idea. I'm really glad... 
that's probably not even the worst thing. You, I don't know if you saw it. Somebody tweeted at us that Gary Sanchez should have been sent down to AAA. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's great. I love these fans. I hate Yankee fans more than I hate any other fans. I've said it numerous times. I'll say it again. Being a Yankee fan is it's it's the hardest thing you can possibly do at in in sports because you have to just constantly fend off the own nonsense that you get from your own fan base. It's and somebody told me that oh it's it's New York okay so you it gives you a right to act like an asshole right. We expect more here. You don't think they expect things in Boston or they don't expect things in St. Louis? My point is, what is booing going to do? What is that What is that accomplish? Does that make you feel good as a fan that Stanton knows that you dislike him right now? Does that make you feel warm and fuzzy inside? And my whole point, another thing was that like we just went through this with A-Rod where like, the fans were just on his ass from day one, and nothing the guy ever did was right. good enough. Like, you want to go through that again? Right. I I really don't. I don't. All right. So um, we're gonna take a quick break here, and uh, we're gonna actually get into the uh, Boston series. A lot to lot to discuss there. So when uh, we return there's here, there's a lot. There's a lot to discuss regarding one incident, but other than that, the Yankees sucked. Yeah, well, so. that's there's a lot to get into, even re, <laughs> not regarding that one incident. Uh, so let's uh, take a quick break here on NYY Sports Talk, and uh, we'll be back with the uh, the fight. What's up, everyone? I'm Brandon from BrandonRendiniFitness.com, and I am an online fitness coach. My goal is to help you reach your fitness goals, so by purchasing one of my plans, you will receive a personalized meal plan and a workout plan to help you reach your goals. You will have 24-7 access to me for questions, and we would have scheduled weekly check-ins to make sure you're staying on track. What sets me apart is I want to help you find balance. I don't expect you to eat grilled chicken breast all day long. I understand that life happens and you're going to want to eat that piece of cake or that slice of pizza, which is why my plans are perfect for that. To make things more interesting, I am offering a special promo code for NYY Sports Talk listeners. If you purchase any of my plans, you can use the code NYYST and get 10% off. Again, that's promo code NYYST in all capital letters. So head to BrandonRendiniFitness.com today and find the plan that works best for you. All right, we're back here, episode 38 of the NYY Sports Talk podcast. Uh, so not that you two goons would know, but WrestleMania was this past Sunday. Roman Reigns, bro. He lost. Oh, big, he lost? Big shock. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was a big shock. I that told he my lost. wife he won, so. No, it was a big shock that he lost. <laughs> They've been planning it for like three years. That, that was supposed to be his big coronation as the top guy, and he ended up losing. Wow. But it seems like most of the action took place outside of the ring. Not that WrestleMania was a bad show. I don't want people to, to think that. But a uh, little brawl in Beantown, huh? I liked it. Revitalized all the hatred that we're supposed to have for one another. All right. So let's break it down here. There's there's a couple of different ways we can go with this. We'll start with the slide first of okay. all. Okay. Can I start? Okay. Yankee fans, you can hate me all you want. It was a dirty slide. It wasn't illegal, and I'm not saying I don't love Tyler Austin for going in hard into second base. It was awesome. I'll take it any day of the week. But you don't go in cleats up. You don't go in cleats up. Okay. And you can, but maybe expect to get hit. And I – all right, let's – before we – let's go piece by piece here. Number one. Not illegal. 
Not illegal. Not illegal. And Holt's reaction was an overreaction. I'll tell you that. So the people that are out there screaming in Twitter land, that was an illegal slide. It's not. He did not overslide the bag. He didn't go out of his way to to run into the uh, – slide into the right. fielder. It was completely legal. And let's just say he did overslide the bag. But that is legal as long as you're within arm's length of the bag. You can still hold on to the bag. When he hit him, his ass was on second base. It's not like he Oh, was, yeah. No. It's not like he – His ass wasn't even at second base. Did you see the video that they were showing of the 70s with uh, the Royals yes. when uh, – was that Hal McRae literally te- – freaking – poor Willie Randolph. <laughs> but like – but listen to me. But, you know, baseball... He didn't do that. He didn't do that. But baseball does all these things where they make these rules to protect players. But guess what? Once in a while, on a legal slide, you need to get your ass out of the way. Brock Holt was in the way. And just like you said, when he did go in cleats up and he did hit Brock Holt, his ass wasn't even at the bag yet. Holt was in front of the bag at that point. And let's give credit to John Flaherty who on the Yes uh, postgame show. He called out Brock Holt a little bit. And not so much Holt, but other infielders. And he said the new slide rule has gotten infielders lazy. Whereas right. on, a, on a double play, you would have been quicker to get off the bag. But now guys are just there. They're hanging right. around because they don't feel like they're going to get hit. And he, he got, you know, he got cleated. It happened. You know, if you're a Red Sox fan, I understand why you don't like it. But as a Yankee fan, was it the worst thing in the world? No. No. I mean. But you also, you know, baseball is always trying to make these rules to speed up the game. They've kind of taken away two big elements of the game by the slide rule into second, breaking up a double play, and not being able to smash into a catcher. I understand it's to protect players, but. I don't know. It kind of takes a lot away from the game too. I don't mind the slide rule because it you shouldn't be going out of the baseline to tackle a, a fielder. No, but within arms within arms reach I think is acceptable. If you can reach if you can touch the bag, it should be legal. Yeah, like, because you're going it's just like sliding into home plate. I mean, you're going in, you could be going in around home plate and your finger just Clips the corner of the bag. And I think it was Michael Kaditz. It was, I don't know. It might have been him. There's been so much people tweeting about rules lately. It's just if that injury didn't happen to one of the premier catchers in the league and happened to a backup, there'd be no collision rule at home plate. It just happened that it happened to Buster Posey, who's one of the top catchers in the league. Yeah. So if it happened to like um, – We'll just say Austin Romine just because he's our backup catcher. You probably wouldn't even have had a change at the – yeah. It's just that one of the game's premier players was taken out. <laughs> and I get protecting these players. I'm not saying I don't, but I don't know. I always thought that was such a big and exciting part of baseball. Kind of ripped away. And apparently, that does that rule only apply to a catcher blocking the plate? No, because that was the whole thing in the Orioles game. But, Remember with Didi? Yeah. And they reviewed to see if he was blocking the plate. Yeah. Another player can block the plate. Whoever's covering home plate. It's not limited to the catcher. Right. So whatever field is covering home plate. You can't smash into them. Well, I guess you could. No. You why would you? There was something about that rule that was just specific to catchers. I think it was blocking the plate before you have the ball in your hand. Which is not limited to catchers because we saw it. 
with Didi. You you can't you can't like the pitcher was catch in the act of catching the ball. Right. He couldn't have just stood there and blocked Didi's path to the home plate. And that's really the only time a, a pitcher would be covering home plate would be on a pass ball. Usually the catcher is going to be the guy. Yeah, I understand that, home. but I thought they said that another position player can block the plate before the ball is coming towards them, but the runner no, has the runner has the to have runner a, can no, hit into I don't, them at that point. I think the only way I don't you know, maybe can I dreamt it. Block the plate as a position. Do you dream player. about major league baseball rules? Yeah, they bother me. Huh. <laughs> I don't know. So later on in the game, because we, I don't, I don't think either one of us really know what we're talking about here. No, except for me, who I definitely know what I'm talking about. Right. So that just limits it to you. Mm-hmm. Anyway, later on in the game, Tyler Austin's up. Joe Kelly's in, and he gets buzzed. You get one shot. One shot. It's not. I have no problem with Joe Kelly hitting Tyler Austin because he did it in a good <coughs> spot. He hit him. Where did he hit him? In the ribs and the no. butt. No. No, 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 no. Where did he, he hit didn't him? hit him in a good spot. Where did he hit him? The When he first attempted to, it was coming towards like the meaty part of his thigh, which is fine. Which but is where you should hit a guy. It wasn't inside enough. The second time around, it was way too high for my comfort. Was it? I don't remember. It came that. in. It was coming up. It was tailing up. It I just didn't think he was that close. Ended up hitting clo- him in the elbow. I didn't think he was that close to his head. That's probably why I didn't think too much of it. Yeah. But we talked about it. In between pitches from when he missed to when he hit him, he's throwing him outside curveballs like he's over it and he's going to give him an This is where my issue is with Joe Kelly. I have no problem with him standing up for his teammate. And you know that Boston had a major, major problem last year when Machado killed Dustin Pedroia and nobody handled it. And it kind of – even though they won the division, there was a lot of internal disagreement about how that wasn't handled. So, New Year, they had a chance to defend one of their players, and they went ahead and they did it. No problem whatsoever with that. So, Joe Kelly's going to be the guy to do it. Tyler Austin's up, fine. You get one shot to do it, though. That's it. You don't miss, and then, excuse the phrase, and if I offend any woman out there, I I sincerely apologize, but it's the only way that I know how to (coughs) describe it. It was a complete bitch maneuver on his part to then throw him some off-speed junk because as the batter, you're like, okay, he took his shot moving along. And then now you're going to throw at me? Right. That's where I had the problem Me with. too. Me too. But other than that, I really didn't have an issue with him. And now Joe Kelly's a hero in Boston. And I said this to you. He should be. Standing ovation at the Bruins he game on be. Saturday. He, he honestly, he should be. Because this kind of came out. I don't know the truth behind it. I don't know who dropped the story. But apparently... A player, who was it, Teixeira, said that Joe wouldn't let them retaliate. That was, yeah, that was uh, Mark Teixeira. I hated that. That's part of baseball. You protect your players in that way. And, you know, of course I'm a diehard Yankee fan, but if I was a Red Sox fan, I would love Joe Kelly right now. He went out there. He he did what he had to do. And when Tyler Austin came running at the mound, he didn't throw his glove and backpedal like uh, – What's his face in San Diego? I don't know the pitcher's name, but he, Nolan Arenado was a crazed maniac. He, this pitcher, did you see Chase him down the third baseline. <laughs> he threw his glove and then he like just backed up. That would have been nice if he landed with that glove, but he, he 
No, what he should have did was he should have taken the glove and threw it <laughs> really high in the air. So Arenado looked up. And, and then, then he just should Not even that, because he wouldn't want to fight Arenado. He should have no. just distracted him and ran in the dugout. <laughs> what was that? But, you know, Joe Kelly stood there and he said, all right, let's go. This is it. This and is this what baseball I, is. This idea that Joe Kelly kicked Tyler Austin's ass. Can we get off that, Boston fans, please? I'm not fully off it. Why? I don't think he kicked his ass, but he made a nice move. He he, he took avoided him to the ground and then he didn't take Christian Vasquez took Tyler Austin yeah, to the ground. Right. You, right. you well, couldn't judge, tell. Judge quickly picked Kelly up within like two <laughs> seconds. I don't be honestly. The Yankees won that fight because yeah, oh yeah. Did you see Brock Holt came out and said <laughs> someone called him out for like not being a part of the? He goes, listen, I saw Stanton and, <laughs> and Judge coming at me. And yeah. he's like, I. There was nothing I could do at that point. Yeah, he said he found Tereus and just Ronald yeah. Tereus and <laughs> oh, just yeah. hung out with him. He said he was just standing with Tereus. That's at that it. Point. Was an incredible visual that you see two guys standing, judge just literally forced the entire Red Sox team over into their dugout. That it was, was crazy. That was awesome. And then you got CC just running in like a ball. Are you surprised that CC didn't get? Uh, Suspended, yes, because I believe it was Garrett Cooper last year when the Yankees got into a brawl. He was on the DL, and I I, I want to say he he came out on the field during the fight and he got. It suspended. wasn't just him. I think it was Clint Frazier too. Was it Clint? And they didn't get suspended. I was think, it? I think they just got fined. They definitely got fined. I could have swore Cooper got suspended. No, it was Cooper too, but I don't think it was a suspension. Um. But my biggest thing was you're not allowed to be on the field when you're on the disabled. CC Pedroia was on the field as well. He got he got suspended. But CC wasn't just on the field because you remember um, with Mariano Rivera's final game, the Yankees needed Major League Baseball's permission to allow them to do that because they were on the DL. Right. But CC wasn't just on the field. No, he's wrecking guys. I mean, who was it? Chris Sale and who else? He friggin' he pushed him right down to the ground. Who was it? I don't remember. Oh, Mitch Moreland, was I it think. Moreland? I think it was Moreland and Chris Sale. You see CC just come out and just friggin' toss them like they were like they were friggin' a hundred pounds. Oh, just Chris Sale is right to the ground. Yeah, well. yeah, Clint Frazier and Garrett Cooper yeah, for that Detroit game. They they just got fined. They I could have sworn Cooper got suspended for that. No, but we were shocked that they got fined at the time because we weren't I don't think many people were too aware of that. Being on the DL bench. That was also the Detroit game. I thought that was Detroit. I thought it was a different game. No, they they didn't have any other true altercation other than that. Oh, yeah, because Joe Girardi. Joe Girardi didn't let them fight for themselves. You know, that's crazy. Isn't that crazy about Girardi who strangled one of his own players? (laughs) Who? You don't remember when he was in Florida and he choked out one of his guys? No. You don't remember that? No. Bro. It's such a famous, when he was a Marlins. When he was a Marlins, no. ma- when he was the manager of the Marlins, he had one of his guys bite a throw up against the wall in the I dugout. I had no idea. Yeah, I never followed him that closely. I I never cared for Girardi. Never cared for it's him. It's not that I followed. You no, know, he should be the manager again, right? According to eighty percent of the Yankee fans. I it's not that to. I followed before you get into that. Not that I followed Girardi, but that was like a huge thing. Yeah, no, I guess I I you know what I probably did know it, but. I haven't thought of it. It's been how long? Over 10 years? 12 years? So. The other thing about the fight is now I absolutely hate Alex Cora. Oh, scumbag. That Classless. Was, 
You don't you don't act that way as a manager. No, you shouldn't act that way. If there's an issue with another coach, you go out there and you talk to him. Or you go speak to Aaron Boone. Say, listen, I didn't appreciate the way he was acting right. out there. You don't shoo him away and tell him to get back in his box. Like, really, bro? Like that honestly But come on, I said it. Doesn't that doesn't that match perfectly with with the Red Sox organization? Not so much now as maybe it did ten years ago. No, but. because think about it. Outside did you ever have a problem with John Farrell? I love John Farrell. Did you ever have a problem with Tito Francona? Oh, no, no, no. I'm not talking managers. I'm talking back in the day with David Ortiz and Manny Ramirez. But even then, and like, Veritech, you did all those scumbags who, who acted that way on the field. Yeah, but you still respect the Tito Francona. You still oh, res- yeah. yeah. I'm saying, does it, isn't it a, isn't it a nice fit now that they also have a, a scumbag manager? However, the players, I, this is kind of why I like the bench clear and brawl because give us a reason to really hate them again. But they've been they've been a tough team to hate over the last few years. They they have classy guys, Mookie Betts, Bogarts. Those guys are tough guys to hate. You hate you hate guys. You hate like, them because they're good. Yeah, like you don't ben, hate them like you hated Manny Ramirez. Like you hate Ben Intendi just because he hit like seven hundred versus right. the Yankees last year. The 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 Sox don't have many guys that you hate because they're just. Scumbags like Hanley Ramirez. Ugh, he hate just, him. He just rubs me the wrong way. Hate him. Cannot stand him. And I, I don't know. I, I always thought Craig Kimbrell was a good dude. I just can't stand him. It's that goatee and the fact that he has oh, his arm like that. Him. And yeah, then it's annoying. I can't stand him. And now, Joe, now we have a nice reason to hate Joe Kelly. <laughs> you know. But I think more than anything else, it's like I respected Joe Kelly for what he did, standing up for his teammate. Yes. I didn't respect how he took a second shot at Tyler, uh, Tyler Austin. Like I said, one shot. That's it. You miss. You don't get two shots. That's it. And then to to sit there and I'm going to throw him. What do you throw? A curveball, change up in the dirt or yeah. whatever. So now Austin's going through his mind. Like maybe he's just going to go a regular AB now. When and then you he, hit a guy, you hit him. You hit him quick. Yeah, I think he threw three pitches after his first attempt to hit Austin. <laughs> yeah, it was two or three. One. But the thing that really aggravated me more than anything else was Alex Cora. Like this is this is his first rodeo, and you know what? He acted like it. Listen, when everything happened up to that point, yeah, I was heated because it was great. I mean, who doesn't love a bench clearing brawl other than John Heyman, apparently? Uh, but our buddy Joe Rivera loves him. How could you not? John Heyman's like, I'll never agree with hitting guys and bench clearing brawls. Shut up. Who doesn't love a bench clearing brawl, right? But at at no point was I like really angry until Alex Cora did that. Then my blood was boiling. You can't you can't act like that as the if you if you're a player, yeah, whatever, act like a moron. But you're right. the manager of a of a major league baseball team. Right. You have another. You have an issue with a, another member of the coaching staff. You can't call Aaron Boone. Over and say, listen, Nevin was out of line. Could you, you know, I really didn't appreciate him acting like that. You like, what do you think Aaron Boone's going to say? Frig you. <laughs> like, that's the worst that Aaron Boone can possibly say is right. tell him to go F himself, right? Yeah. And then, you know what? Then that probably gives you justification for acting like that in the future. Right. But you should give Boone the benefit of the doubt because he's a first-time manager, just like you're a first-time manager. Because I guarantee you, Aaron Boone handled that a lot better 
then Alex Cora would have handled that if Boone did that to one of his coaches. That's why I said I'll take Boone any day of the week over a manager like Cora. Not if uh, Alex Cora wins 97 games in a World Series and the Yankees are I'll out. still take Boone. See, you got us in trouble with that saying. The saying wins don't matter. You'd rather have Boone. But never I- said that. I never, ever, ever said that. What I said was I'd rather take Aaron Boone as a manager over a guy like Alex Cora. I don't care how many wins the Red Sox have this year. That's all I said. Current point in time or in November? No, no, no. At the end of the year. I don't care how many wins the Red Sox have. I didn't say I'd, I didn't care how many wins the Yankees have. But I'll take but it But it made out. it seem like that you'd rather lose with Boone than win with Alex Cora. Yeah, I would. So if the Yankees don't make the playoffs but the Red Sox win the World Series, that wouldn't bother you because you have a, you have a classier guy at – I don't want a guy like Alex Cora representing this team. Sorry. There's plenty of other guys that can take this team to a World Series, if not Boone. I'd, I'd, I'd rather stick by Aaron Boone, who respects the game, rather than have some scumbag, garbage, piece of shit person who doesn't know how to control his emotions as a manager lead my team. Plain and simple. All right. So that's how Chris Stacy feels about the situation. Good. I hope Alex Cora will come on the show. The last time you <laughs> called somebody out, we actually got him on the show. Who's that? Lance McCullers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but we were honest with him, you know? We told him if we didn't really care for him. <laughs> well, what are you going to do? No, was, all right. So, um, <laughs> got anything else you want to say about the brawl? No, I'm done. All right. I see you looking at your phone over there. You can step outside and take that phone call. Yeah, I got to just... Sorry, guys. Been distracted for the last 10 minutes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right, so it's that time of the week again. We're going to bring in our buddy Gardy for the Gardy Report. What's going on, guys? Hey, we got to do this one quick today because I got to get back to Detroit. <laughs> Luckily, so nice of you to fly, <laughs> fly all the way back well, you know, out it's, here. It's easy with a private plane. I got the Brett jet, so I'll just hop on there. And uh, You know, it's hard sometimes, especially with all that rain over there, but I'll get back in time for uh, game two. All right, Gary, bringing in at a good port, uh, portion of the show here because uh, we just got talking about the brawl in Boston on Wednesday. Uh, so, how do you feel about getting to scraps with other teams? You like it? I mean, you know, it's kind of hard out there. You know, you you, you go out there, you you want to play the game the right way, and then sometimes something goes down, and uh, guys get a little uh, agitated, and uh, a brawl happens. I mean, I like it. I I used to be a pretty intimidating factor on this team, but now uh. Now we got Judge and Stanton, so I kind of just sit back, get a bucket of popcorn, and watch. When were you ever the biggest guy on this team? I was the biggest guy on the team right back in 09 when Nick Swisher was pretty tiny and uh, Johnny Damon wasn't too too much taller than me. And But now with, with Stanton and Judge, i got to just go on my tippy toes just to talk to him. <laughs> All right. So during that game, or it might have been a different game, there's a PSA running uh, about you, Guardy, where you are – Steadfast against performance-enhancing drugs. One of the uh, parts of the commercial said that you do uh, you trained hard. What kind of hard training do you do? Uh, I didn't see that yet. I got I got to check that out. But uh, yeah, I mean, I I do train very hard. I, uh, you know, I, I like to run, uh, lift dumbbells. You know, dumbbells. Yeah, dumbbells are you know, do some curls. You know, a lot of people don't know this, but my first few years in the league, I was getting randomly drug tested about every two weeks because of my my damn big head. Apparently, a, a side effect of taking PEDs is you get an increased size of your head, 
And uh, so I, I I just want to do the PSA to let people know that I don't do steroids. My head's natural. This, this when you out. train hard, what does that translate to on the field? Oh, it, well, you, if you train hard, you play hard, all right? <laughs> you know, because if you're not training hard, guys, guess what? You're not playing hard. And you could quote me on that. All right, so Gardy does not do PEDs. Gardy absolutely 100% has never taken a performance-enhancing drug. But what happened when that that time down on the far, on the Gardner farm when you added that extra turbine that extra turbine on the plow there? Isn't that considered performance-enhancing? Well, see now, see now we're getting into farm talk, <laughs> and that's a whole different pod. All right. All that, right. That's that's episode thirty nine. We'll, we'll break down PEDs on the farm. All, all right. right. Okay, Guardian. All right. Last question here. I got to get back to Detroit, guys. <laughs> I got a game to play. Well, actually, you don't because uh, <coughs> right. Saturday you're rained out. Yeah. Rained out game one Sunday. Doesn't look like they're going to be able to squeeze game two in because it's, the weather's not great in Detroit. Yeah, that's what I heard. Booney Booney keeps texting me off the hook. He's like he's like Guardian. Where'd you go? <laughs> and I'm like I'm just in the clubhouse. Skip. So uh, we just want to know what what does Guardy do when there's ra- when it's raining hard and there's no baseball. Well, it's hard for me, you know. I mean, I, I I do like the rain though. I do like the rain pellets hitting my head, and uh, you know, usually uh, I just you know I catch these. You know, I, if I'm not catching balls, I'm catching these guys, and uh, so I, I like to sleep on a nice rainy day. Like today, I'm probably I might I might even uh, on, the, on the on Brett's jet. I'm probably gonna I'm probably gonna take a nice nap on the way back to Detroit. Yeah, that's that's your uh, rain rain delay. Yeah, when it's raining, Guardy's sleeping. So you're not playing hard in the rain. No, I sleep hard though. <laughs> All right, Guardy, we don't want to hold you up anymore because if they do play uh, game two, you got to get back out there. Absolutely. All right, Guardy, thanks for joining us. No problem, guys. Thanks for having me. I'll see y'all next week. Thanks, Brett. All right, so that was the Guardy report. Uh, always a good time having Guardy on the show. Um, it was a pleasure. Uh, Ryan, g- thanks for walking back in right before we get into the next segment of the show. Oh uh, yeah, what's next? The Guardy report, right? Oh, we bro, report. we just did that. Are you kidding me? Every week, <laughs> it's like it, it's like unbelievable, like this how is you getting keep, ridiculous. Yeah. All right, so do you want me to write? A format of the showdown next week, so you know Absolutely. when we're bringing in Guardy. Please do okay, that. Okay, I'll do yeah. that for you next week. <laughs> All right. Anyway, um, we had a little fun with Guardy there. Now it's time to be mean. Yeah. Do you want to be mean? Yeah. The level of atrocities committed by the Yankee starting pitchers in Boston, starting with Luis Severino. Well, no, I don't mind. Let's let's break each pitcher down, and I'll tell you why I don't mind each one until you get to the guy we're going to talk about. You want to know why I don't mind Luis Severino having a tough start in Boston? Why? Because he's been brilliant in a lot of his starts in the last couple of years. He's walked away, and I've said, wow, he was brilliant today. So every guy like that's going to have a tough time. Tough day once in a while. Keep going. No, no disagreement there. And last year, Gard, uh, Gardner uh, Severino got lit up by Boston in his first start, and then I think he faced him three or four more times. And he was there, dominant, and he pitched to like a one one point one ERA. So, so go to the next guy. Get the bad one out of the way. Tanaka. Tanaka. You want to know why I didn't mind him? Because there's been plenty of times where he's been out in the mound, and I said, "Wow, he's brilliant today. He's brilliant. He wasn't just good. He was brilliant." And every guy who pitches like that is going to have a rough outing once in a while. Next. 
I'm not going to let him off the hook as easily as I'm going to let Severino off the hook, though. I will because he's been, he's looked actually. You looked, cannot up eight to two. Was it eight to two at the time? I think it, yeah. The team desperately needs a win. You cannot allow JD Martinez to hit that grand slam. I'm sorry, you just can't allow no, I that. I know, I know, but he's looked really good this year. He has, and he looked really good up until that point. But that's just something that can't happen. You can't get ambushed on the first pitch like that. So get to the next guy. I don't want to talk about Tanaka anymore. We talk about Tanaka enough. All right, Sonny Gray. Okay, you want to know why I cannot stand him anymore? Go ahead. Because Sonny Gray has been nothing but mediocre since he's been here. He has never once had a game where you stepped back and said he was brilliant today. And I know he's not an ace, per se, but he's supposed to be much better than what they're getting out of him You know what you don't want to say? And he's either mediocre or he sucks. You don't want to say he's an ace, but the Yankees paid an ace price tag to get him here. So you know what? You have to go out there once in a while and you have to be brilliant. You have to put this team on your back once in a while and win a game. And this guy's been nothing but mediocre. And you want to know what pisses me off the most? The most is that he goes back in the clubhouse and he's just the same person. You don't see any intensity out of this guy. He's the same person. What do you want him to cry about it? No, show a little fire. He goes out there and and he nibbles on the plate until he eventually gets blown up. I'm sick of him. Right. I am so sick of Sonny Gray. I don't want him on this team anymore. Right. Do me a favor. While your brother's having a heart attack over there, <laughs> why don't, uh, give me Sonny Gray's stat line from his second start. Who did he face in his second start this year? That was the best game he's pitched as a Yankee. Was that Baltimore? Baltimore? Yeah. That was, was the game he pitched. It was probably the only game they won, right? They needed him to give him some length. That was the that only game. game, and he only went six innings. And 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 every inning I felt like was an issue still. But his numbers don't bear that he's been terrible. He's pitched through a 370 array in his career as a Yankee. That game against Baltimore, he went six innings, allowed four hits, three earned runs on 86 pitches. Yeah, it's still not great, though. It's a quality start, but that's about it. All right, so here's – I look, I came out here and I said in the offseason that I didn't think Sonny Gray would win the Cy Young this year, but I <laughs> expected him – his name to be mentioned in the conversation. And you weren't the only person. A lot of people did. Because I like Sonny Gray. I I think Sonny Gray's got really good stuff. He's got a plus fastball. He's got a really good curveball. But he doesn't know how to use any of them. He just doesn't know how to, he doesn't know how to pitch. I'm sorry. You can say, oh, you're some jerk off sitting on your couch recording a podcast. How do you make that distinction that a Major League Baseball player doesn't know how to pitch? Because, you know what? He doesn't because he's got such good stuff that he doesn't have to be afraid of major league hitters. And you know what? Sonny Gray pitches like a scared child. As a Yankee, okay, he has 13 decisions. He's under 500. I know that. What do you think his record is? He's 5-8. and eight. He's 5-8. and eight. Um, What do you think his ERA is? It's not entirely his fault, though, because the Yankees— What do you think his ERA is? It's high— it, it's, inflated now because of that start but it what was, do you think his era is is it over five now no it's 4.25 yeah but it was three seven going into that game okay let's see what else do you want to say do me a favor right yeah get your calculator out okay just do 78 okay okay divided by 14 that's great. He's not even averaging six six innings to start. Yeah, well, I could have told you that without a calculator. When did you ever see Sonny Gray sniff the seventh inning? It's disgusting to me. He has one. He does have one complete game as a Yankee. I can't even. When? Think, I can't even think to to when. He that has could a complete be. game. That's what it's showing me. I think that's wrong. 
I mean, this guy has been so underwhelming. I mean, for a while you sat there and you were like, I'm indifferent towards Sonny Gray because he just didn't bring anything out of you. He's mediocre. I can't stand mediocrity. I can't. Even even Montgomery, our fifth starter, can go out onto the mound and you could go, wow, he looked phenomenal today. Everything about his game was great today. Sonny Gray? I've never felt that. Imagine if Jordan Montgomery had Sonny Gray's stuff. Imagine. Because you know what Montgomery's done very well this year? He's going after guys very well this year, and he's yeah, well, trusting his stuff a lot more. He also blew a big game against Baltimore. And you know what? That's going to happen once in a while. But what did he? But, but what I look at more than that is what he did his last time out. Okay, so he stepped up. He had a good game against Detroit. Right. Okay. He didn't wash he didn't away let, his bad game. He. It doesn't wash it away, but you respect that out of a player that he didn't let his last time out really affect him. He came out, he adjusted, and he was much better his second time around after that. Uh, Sonny Gray, last year, he pitched a complete game against Tampa Bay uh, in Tampa. They lost the game 2-1, to one, so it was a complete game. It was eight, <laughs> eight innings. I do remember that. Still counts. I do remember it's that. It's not a legitimate complete game. But <laughs> yeah, again, see, he allowed two runs over eight innings, and he lost. The Yankees didn't score for him a lot last year. His record was okay, a lot so, better. Okay, so look, you take the record away then. Fine. Does that make you better? feel better? Does that make you feel a little better? It does when you're trying to... Look at his ERA. What what did we give up for a guy who's going to have a four-plus ERA? It's a joke. How much of it do you think is on Gary Sanchez? Because a lot of the talk this week is... I don't even want to hear that. right, and I'm glad you brought that up. I'm glad you brought it up. That they might use Romine as his catcher going forward. I am so sick of the personal catcher bullshit. You're a major league baseball player. Get on the same page if you're not on what the same page. What did I page. say to you guys in the, in the group chat? What did I say to you about this personal catcher nonsense? Yeah. It's bullshit. If you're a major league pitcher, why can't you throw to Gary Sanchez? What if Romine gets hurt? What? You have an excuse for the rest of the year? Everybody else in the staff. Because your catcher isn't there for you? So do you want to have five different catchers so each starter has their own personal catcher? Right. Just rotate them in that. and out? That's great. I'm sick of it. It's a bullshit excuse. It's a so bullshit you mean to tell, excuse. So they had to do that in 2009 with A.J. Burnett because A.J. Burnett was a friggin' head case and he couldn't throw to Jorge Posada. So you, so we need that again? Do I keep saying, do we need this again? We need Stan turning to the next A-Rod? Do you want Sonny Gray to turn into <laughs> the next A.J. Burnett? You know what giving him Romine does? It allows him to use this. It allows him to say... I don't throw well to Sanchez. Instead of going out there and saying, Gary Sanchez is our starting catcher, you guys learn how to be on the same page. And if you can't, then you're probably not going to be successful. Let me tell you something. What a joke it was in 2009 when Jose Molina had to start a game in the friggin' World Series because A.J. Burnett couldn't throw to Jorge Posada. And who who did Flaherty catch for? Randy Johnson. Randy Johnson, right? Yeah. Come so on. you mean to tell me the Yankees are going to be in a big playoff game this year and Sonny Gray's turn comes up and you're not going to start Gary Sanchez? Apparently. Which also means that Gardner or Hicks will be benched that day. So, And here's the thing that aggravates you more than anything about Sonny Gray 
on Thursday night is he had a pregame interview that the Yes Network aired. That he sat down with Meredith and he said that he needed to attack. And he repeated the word attack like nine or ten different times. And they, they, it's all they worked on this offseason was him being more confident in his stuff. Because how good is his stuff? I told you, he's got really good it's stuff. It's unbelievable. And he just continues to nibble with the fastball. Go after these guys. If you, if Sonny Gray takes the, his next turn in the rotation and he gives up seven runs in an inning, but he's pumping that fastball and he's, he's not nibbling. You know what? He got beat. So what? But he beats himself. He's a, he tries to, he doesn't have good. He, I'm not going to say he doesn't have good control, but he doesn't have that type of control where he can dot on the corners. Right. So you can't – he's trying to be too fine when he doesn't have that in his repertoire. And then we see it every – almost every game. And then he's he got to come in. Right. He walks two guys and then then he throws one right down the plate. And then he starts getting beat. I think throughout his career though, Sonny Gray has been known for having good control because his stuff isn't the greatest. So he does have to pinpoint his spots. And, and this year already he's only – thrown 13 innings he has seven walks already this year jesus it's not it he's not walking guys because he's wild he's walking guys because he's he's trying to be too perfect right he's he's not greg maddox it's been his problem every year he's not even luis severino severino could put 98 right on the corner like sonny gray doesn't have that like yeah he's got good stuff but he's got to learn to trust it better i'm tired of why and then he's so deliberate on the mound. It's just like, Jesus, Sonny, we know what you're going to do. You're going to try to put it right in that perfect spot. Just throw the friggin' ball already. Yeah, he's very slow moving. He, it, The pace of play when he is on the mound is enough to put you to sleep. This guy needs to find a rhythm. His he, walk total has gone up since he joined <laughs> the Yankees. Last year with Oakland in 97 innings, he had 30 walks. In just 65 and a third innings for the Yankees last year, he had 27 walks. Because he's facing better hitting in the American League East, so now he's got to be more fine. Plus, those 27 walks probably all came with Gary Sanchez behind the plate. Yeah. He doesn't walk guys when Romine's behind the plate. Only 23 of the walks. Right? So, I get it. I get that they talked, I mean, they talked about it during the game. He's, he's, he's. Calling off Sanchez way more than he does at Romine. They're not on the same page. I'm not saying I don't understand that. That they're not seeing eye to eye right now. But the excuse is not that every time Sonny Gray is going to pitch now. I mean the the solution is not that every time Sonny Gray is going to pitch now. Your backup catcher is going to catch. No your backup catcher is there for when your starting catcher needs a couple days off. Not to come in and pitch for one of your guys who's supposed to be one of your premier hey, well, starters. Well but if you're going to give Sanchez a day off. Why don't you just give it off on Sonny Gray's day. Oh no you know what. I have actually have a better solution. Let's take the, the 100,000 or million managers that make up the Yankee universe here. And why don't we actually send Gary Sanchez down to AAA? Because that seems to be the next thing that everyone wants. After after one awful, miserable throw by Tyler Wade, who's another one, who, you know what? I changed my tune for everyone, and I ate my words, and I said, maybe you guys were right. Tyler Wade is ready for Major League Pitching. And then... In like a, a snap of a finger, he went right back to where he was in 2017. Completely lost in the field, at the plate, 
completely lost. He's timid. He's scared. He is not a Major League Baseball player. He is not a Major League Baseball player. Get him sent down and bring up Torres when he's ready. After the uh, Wednesday, I believe. I just don't think he's a New York Major League Baseball player. I think he could succeed in a smaller market team. But Maybe. It, but it, it looks like his confidence is And again, I'm gone. not saying Tyler Wade isn't going to be a great player. But this is exactly what I talked about before the season started. He's scared. He's lost. He does not belong here. So not in a starting because role. Because of not his, in a starting role. Because of his throw, Gary Sanchez sucks. Even though it was an error on Tyler Wade, Gary Sanchez sucks because we all know what it's like to have a guy who weighs 200 pounds flying down the third baseline about to friggin' plow into you. We all know what that's like to have to also scoop a ball that's miserably thrown and tag the guy out, right? So Gary Sanchez sucks. And the, he has, what, eight wild pitches against him this year? Those are his fault, too, apparently. Look, we say time and time again, this is an incredibly tough staff to catch. You got guys like Tanaka who throws that splitter in the dirt. That's a tough pitch to block. The the Yankee pitching is so difficult for him. And then you got guys you got guys that throw hard that sometimes aren't always the most accurate. You know, get how Canely's been. I mean, Canely... Every pitch Canley's throwing is in the dirt. It's it's unbelievable. So uh, you know, I, I don't even I don't even know what to say. It's, look, the it's like the it's like the worse the Yankees are, the worse the fans react to things. And just if anything, just just take a step back and look at things rationally. Like that's why we busted out those stand numbers. Like. Yeah, now Monday, if he doesn't hit a home run in his first at bat, you'll boo him. Hey, but he's hitting three twenty three on or whatever it is, three twenty on the road. I can't wait to see how the Yankee fans react to him. So in half of his games, or more than half of his games, he's hitting three twenty. But the games that you saw, he didn't play well. So that means so he's we not. Should boo him. We should boo him. And the stigma that Gary Sanchez has, it just it's got to stop. Like he doesn't get enough credit for how. He's improved behind, especially. I know it's been 14 games this year, but he, he does look better, a much better. It's not just a little better. He's blocking balls that he would have never came close to blocking last year. Oh, but he only has four hits this year. What do you What do you want out of the guy? He improves one area of his game, and maybe a little, the other area of his game suffers a little bit. It's so catching now, up. Guy has how many home runs? Three. And he got hot in Boston, right? <laughs> Come on. These people. Mr. And he had a huge, what was it, a double in Detroit. Mr. No. Mr. no singles. He's got no all extra no bases this year. Come on. All right, These so people. forget it. Are we? Do we completely move off of Sonny Gray here? Yeah, I, I'm just flipping out about it. At, about every person who seems to get a pass. And and the fan. I listen, I get it. These guys are our big guys. They're supposed to perform. But how about, I mean... I'm sorry, I love Aaron Judge more than anyone. But in that Baltimore series when Stanton came came up and struck out for the fifth time to end the game. That game's on him. That game's on who? Aaron Judge. Right. Bases loaded. I love out. the guy. I always will. 
But who's the one who came up and hit into a double play? Bases, and he didn't even hit. It, but no, Yankee fans don't want to boo Aaron Judge, so we'll we'll take the easier target, the guy who's only been here oh, for, for freaking ten you, games. You watch, they'll boo Aaron Judge. Even Jeter felt it in that year that he started over thirty two or whatever it was. I was at the stadium at one of those early games. That's and sickening. Like I'm like, are you guys for real that you're booing Derek Jeter right now because he's zero for thirty two or whatever it was at the time? I mean, what else do you want the guy to do? Do you want him to save a, a baby from like a kidnapping or something? It's a joke. So, all right. Look, I don't want to come on here every week and make this that podcast that sits there and rips the fans. But you know, the pe- people just you guys just got to understand something. It's not <clears throat> funny. Like. And if you legitimately feel that way, how do you even enjoy anything? Like, how do you enjoy anything? Exactly. I mean, this team is still, I know it's not what we expected, but they're still 500 and they really haven't played good baseball at all. Again, if you. So imagine when they are. I'll say it again. If in June they go on a seven and seven stretch, are you going to cry about it? What if they go twenty one and nine in their next thirty games after this? You're Which not even they gonna, can. You're not even going to think about this. Which study. they might. But I will say this: given that they have, if they, I don't think they'll play tonight. Time will tell. We'll given, see. given that they have, the, I think they will. Given that they have Miami coming into the stadium, and then I believe Toronto coming into the stadium, they should never be under five hundred again this no. year. They should. They should get. I won't use the term get fat, but they should they should win. They should bulk up a little bit. Bulk up a little bit now. All right. Last thing before we close out the show, um, you mentioned it. Gliber Torres is going to make it very, very hard on the Yankees not to call him up on Wednesday. How can they not? The guy had what? Another two doubles last I think night? Ryan's got his numbers. Yeah, and 36 at-bats so far in uh, Scranton. He has 14 hits. He's 14 for 36. It's just a tick under 500. Two doubles, Jesus. one triple, one dinger, 10 RBI, one stolen base. His and yet he's came in the beginning of the... So yeah, his, his first at-bat was his dinger. He's uh, filling all the stat columns. Uh, batting average at 389 so far. Wow. Small sample size, but he, yeah, he's he's looking really good right now for Scranton. Hey, it's looking better than uh, Tyler Wade's, what, 150 he's batting? You think he's hitting like one What, Tyler Wade have one big base hit and everyone uh, said he was the guy? Here's the problem with Torres. If you had Drury healthy and you had Walker maybe playing a little bit more second base, and Walker's done nothing too. Let's not – That guy – yeah. And I don't want to get on Walker too much because at least he does have a history and he deserves to have a little more time before we jump on him. But kind of like Stanton, but no one likes to look at his history. Uh, Walker is just such an average player. My buddy texted me the other day and he goes, you know who Neil Walker reminds me of? That guy when you're playing MLB The Show and you're like creating your own player and he starts on just like everything's average right down the middle. That's who Neil Walker is. All right, but what's wrong with that? Nothing. You can't. Nothing have, like, is. That's why I'm sitting here and I'm saying you can't get on him. This is the type of player he is, and he'll eventually find it where he's doing his part to help. You don't this think team. the Yankees would be ecstatic if he hit 265 with 15 home yeah. runs this year? And he and he probably will. He'll probably hit somewhere around that. But right now he's struggling. He's he's trying to find it right now. So his average play is is a bit below average right now. But give it time, people. I mean, we know the type of player Neil Walker is. 
This is what you're getting. The problem with keeping uh, Torres down in the minor leagues when he's hitting just a clip on, what is it, 14 for 36? Yeah. So 16 for, 14 for 36 is what you said, right? He, he was hitting, he's hitting 389. Yeah. Right now. All right. So he, he's hitting almost 400. Right. When you're not getting any production outside of Didi Gregorius on that infield. Tyler Wade's, Tyler Wade's three for 32 (coughs) so far this year. Yeah. Okay. So. You're not risking anything bringing him up. If anything, he's going to help you. It's not like it's going to. I'm telling you, it's going to be very hard for the Yankees for when they wake up on Wednesday morning to say, "How do we keep this kid down here when he's he's hitting 400 and we're getting we got three guys on the infield hitting 100." You can't. There's no justifying it. You got to call the kid up. All right. So if Torres comes up, you're sending Wade down to AAA. Hell yeah. Send him right. Send his ass right back down. You know what? That could be the last time you ever see Tyler Wade in Yankee pinstripes. Maybe. And you know what? I'm okay with that because, like Ryan said, yeah, he might be a great player one day, but it's not going to be in New York. Do you think that they would even think about Andujar going down to the minor leagues and playing? Wade? I don't see how you could do that right now with Jury Hurt and Andujar outside of a couple errors and. You know, a slow start. He's really starting to find his his way at the plate. And you see some tools over there at third base. Yeah, no. Listen, if he he's can not going to be the greatest together, fielder, but if he's no. he's got a gun on him, he's got him. a cannon. Maybe he's one of those guys they turn into an outfielder eventually, or someone does. I don't think the Yankees have any need for him to be an outfielder. Here. All right, couple quick hits here before we end the show. Uh, don't you just want to put Ronald Torres on your shoulders and walk him around town all does day? This guy, I mean. Every game this guy comes in, I said this to Ryan the other day, every game this guy comes in, he contributes in some way. Do you know how difficult that is to be a bench player and to make an impact on every single game that you play in? He made 15 starts at three different positions last year. Jesus he hit two, Christ. what did he hit, 293? And then this year. Two, no, 298, I think. It was in the 290s, equivalent over a couple of numbers. But still, Ronald Therese hit in the 290s last year. Crazy. And before the team got hot, he was the he was their RBI leader. <laughs> <laughs> but we said it; it's not like it was just some small fluke sample size of a batting average. He had a significant amount of at bats last year. Yeah, because you think about the injuries to Didi and Starlin Castro last year, he played a lot. We're last talking year. about a bench player who played majority of the season and who had a better batting average than most guys on the team. And look at um. Oh. And Boone said it this year. He's like, we didn't even play uh, Torres the f- first week of the year. We dust him <laughs> off. He comes out. He gets two hits. It's crazy. And what, and, he had three against Detroit on Friday? Three for four? And, he, and, and if he's not doing it at the plate, he's making big-time plays in the field. He'll never blow you away with his defense. Who was pitching that game? When Was it Severino got off to a rough start, but then he made that over-the-shoulder catch? And it got him out of the inning. Yeah, I think it was. Was, it was the, either him or it that was that was Sonny at the Gray. game I was at uh, against Tampa, right? Yeah, that was Severino. Yeah, that then. was Severino. Severino was off to a rough start. I think he gave up a run or two in that first inning. And he gave up a run in the first inning, and Toe kind and of bailed him out. And then Toe bailed him out of that. And guess what? Severino dialed it in after that. The Yankee offense woke up, and the Yankees won that game. If if Torres doesn't make that play. What happens in that game? The Yankees possibly get blown out in the first inning. Yeah, in 2017, Torres had 336 at bats. His batting average was 292, only 43 oh strikeouts as well. So he played basically half a season and he hit 292. Yeah. How many teams would love a bench player to give him that type love of Love a bench player like that. They'd probably take him and start him. 
I mean, the guy. But but we we say this. Torres get does get stale when he plays too many days in a row. Yeah, yes. but he's. It's nice to know you have him. Great. It, listen, how many times have we said it? He for what he does for his role, he's the best in Major League Baseball by far. Yeah, he played in 108 games last year by far. Yeah. So I mean. Uh, the other thing that might upset a few people, but this guy sucks. He's a bum. I wouldn't trade a bag of baseballs for him, right? Because this is some of the things that we heard, right? Yep. Garrett Cole, hmm. uh, three starts for Houston, 36 strikeouts. In, uh, no, yeah. Have, Ryan, give me his number. Is 36? Well, I know he had 14 in his last start. <laughs> it's crazy. But no, he sucks. What's his, uh, what's his, what's his numbers this year? Because, he, because the the Houston Astros needed to get better, right? And this guy's been everything they could have possibly hoped for. Yeah, they really needed him. Uh, this year, so far, he is one and zero with a one point two nine ERA in three games started, twenty one innings, ten hits, three earned runs, thirty six strikeouts, thirty six strikeouts, thirty six strikeouts, and twenty one innings. And we didn't get him for a guy the Yankees are only starting right now because they have to. In Miguel Andujar. So, you know. But nope. nobody wanted him. No one wanted him. He wasn't an ace. Nope. He, he wasn't was a, good enough. He was, a, he was a fourth starter at best. He wasn't good enough. He wasn't good enough to give up guys like Clint Frazier and Miguel Andujar for. Right? But we're at, Or Chance Adams. What are those guys doing? Chance Adams sucks, apparently. Frazier's not healthy. And Andujar, everyone thinks he sucks and should never be in the major leagues, right? I don't know. Have we heard that yet? Oh, yeah. I've heard that plenty of times now. Because, you know, he got off to a rough start. The, and that's what Yankee fans do now, right? Guys get off to a rough start. So they immediately suck and they need to they need to be sent down. Or they need to be traded. Or they should have never been traded here in the first place. And we should boom and we should let them know. It's not – I mean, you gotta give you got to give guys a chance to adjust. Plus the weather has been – Really bad. I just don't like the weather excuse because everyone is because going Boston's through the weather. Boston's ten and two, and, and yeah, I mean, yeah, Boston's yeah, ten right. and two, and they've the also played nine games in Florida this year. Have they played nine? It no, doesn't matter. They played Tampa look, up here. They played the Yankees up but here. But look at how many they play in Baltimore. Look at how they're so, playing. Yeah, well, they played Miami and, I mean, and Tampa, but then they had another series. Weather didn't seem to affect them when we went up there, yeah. right? But it affected us. That's not an excuse to me. I get it. I get that that could be why. The, maybe, I don't think it's an excuse. Maybe a player like all right, look. I think when you have a struggling team and then you factor in the weather, it doesn't help. It then. doesn't help. Boston, you know, they got off to a hot start. Nothing's stopping them right now. Not not thirty degree weather. Nothing. Maybe I'll buy a player like Stan, who's from California, yes. and then played all his games in a dome. Maybe yes. I can buy that. But I agree. You mean to tell me that? All everybody on the Yankees roster has never experienced weather like this before. Right. All right. So, you guys, want to cover anything else? You want to scream? No, I'm good. I got it all out. I think Brandon Jury's making progress. There's still no timetable on his return. But... Great. He's another one that I'm kind of pissed off with. But I do want to see the guy get better. Of course. So do I. But. I just wish that he would have revealed that to yes. Brian Cashman before, or even the Diamondbacks. This way, this would have been out on him yes. before the Yankees went and traded for his own him. sake too. I couldn't imagine living six years like that. I had a migraine the other day. I wanted to friggin' put a bullet in my head. <laughs> this guy's been living like that for six years. Jesus. 
All right, so uh, that'll wrap up the show this week. We wanted to thank Gardy for joining us. Yeah, thanks, Gardy. Thanks, Gardy. We appreciate Ryan it. Ryan and Gardy. Maybe one day we'll get Ryan and Gardy in the uh, room at the same time. Yeah, I really want to talk to him. All right, so uh, again, go to nyysportstalk.com. Uh, swag up. Swag up. Go to the shop tab. Buy some gear. Follow us at nyysportstalk, at Podcast. Follow me at Chris Jr. underscore MYYST, Stack Guy Rye at Stack Guy Rye underscore MYYST. You know Christians because he plugs it at the beginning of every show. Well, you should plug yours at the beginning of every show. I'm not a big I'm Chris. Twitter guy. I'm Chris. Although one of my tweets did get put into a uh, memory and it got like so many likes. How That's about awesome. two of her followers this week featured on a Toyota hybrid yeah, camera? Yeah, three. All three. Who? All three. The the one in between Laura and uh, Spence was also a follower of ours. I didn't. I must have missed it that day. Ollie something. Ollie and Yankee something. I don't Interesting. Know. Yeah. So y- y- you know, it's pretty y- cool. Yes Network maybe is aware of uh, maybe. Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. All right. So thanks for listening to uh, episode thirty-eight. I don't know why I've been having trouble wow. remembering that today. 38. Greatest Yankee ever wore number 38. <laughs> Who's that? Brian Bruni. Brian Bruni. <laughs> uh, tomorrow, or actually the, the day you will listen to this, will be April 16th. Uh, your an- oh, yeah. Ha- sorry. Happy anniversary. <laughs> yeah, happy anniversary. So my second, my second wedding second anniversary. Second wedding anniversary. Happy anniversary. Thank bro. you. It feels like really 40 years. Two years feels like 40. Yeah, it's great. She's going to love. She's going to love that tribute. She's not going to listen to this show. <laughs> Uh, crazy. Yeah. Crazy how time flies. All right. So thank you for listening to episode 38 of the NYY Sports Talk podcast. Please do all those things we always remind you of. Go to nyysportstalk.com. Check out uh, all the fantastic articles being written. Brought on a couple new writers this week. All our game recaps. And uh, be sure to swag up. New merch will drop this week. I'm putting you on the spot on that, okay. by the way. And uh, <laughs> it's that guy, right? Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. And Chris. I kind of like you. Say goodbye. Peace!